Oh, it's on now, sucker. Oh, it's on. <laughs> what? We just jumped in. Yeah, we just, We got, well, we're running short on time today. Yeah. And so for this morning of the 6 a.m. podcast, we're going to do two things. One is we're going to talk really fast. And we're going to try and get through all the material that we want to talk about today. And also, we're not going to waste time doing intros. We're just going to go like like that. Yeah, definitely don't waste any time because yeah. we've got to get back right through this because yeah, we have more to be. Well, I've got something to be. I've got, uh, got to be in a place. Uh, at, uh, I've got to be in Shrewsbury. That's, oh, Shrewsbury? Uh, that's over by the uh, Maryland border by 11 o'clock. Man, it sounds like you're going to do something delicious. I'm going to do it's gonna be It's going to be epic. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to do something delicious, we're going to eat, we're going to talk, we're going to do some work, it's going to be amazing. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of this, a little bit of everything, I think, my friend. And I think you have something going on this uh, this morning at 11 o'clock as well, correct? Yeah, we got a telefrancais call. Well, you've got to get on that. It's not international, though. So, it was great talking to everybody today, and we want everybody to have a great day, have a great week, and this is the 6 a.m. podcast, signing off. See you later. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was good. Hey, good, how about, oh. hey, can you tell me what your... Let's tell everybody what your beef is. What my beef? Yeah. With you what? Came, you came walking through my oh. door or something in your car. This is, yeah. This burn is, your saddle. Hey, this is for everybody. Burn in your side. Yeah, this is a super, like, I don't, it, it started as an observation and then it, it started to become a real, a real pain in my side. And that is. Dilemma. It is a dilemma. It is, and it's something that I'm going to be uh, mulling over here for the next couple of weeks. And I think I've I've infested you with this thought as well. It's been well, but it's, it's funny been, because I it's been boiling under my skin too. It's been percolating, and you didn't even know that. I didn't, but I see. So now we're finding common ground. So just like everything else we do on this podcast, we are just the guys that say what we're thinking. But you know why it bothers me? Why? Because I can't. I just can't fit it in. Yeah. Doesn't matter how how hard I try. You could. Try and cram hanging out, yeah. hanging out this, the end there. Yeah, it, it, it's always hanging out the end, and I think that's what bugs me the most about it. So I think we should clue him in on what we're talking about. Yeah, or maybe okay. not. Or maybe we <laughs> could just jump into the episode. <laughs> it's garages, guys. I yeah. don't understand why we build entire homes for our vehicles when most of us leave our vehicle out in the driveway anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know it collects stuff and you put stuff in it, but most of us have sheds too on top of that and put stuff in our sheds. You know, I just don't understand why we build like. Half of your house is a garage. I mean, mine's the same way. I have a two-car garage. I mean, it's a modest garage in that sense. But, I mean, it's... Like, I could use yeah. that space... Well, if I had a mansion, I would assume that then I'd probably have an expensive car to park in something like that. Right. Maybe what we would call an investment. Right. Right. But, but what I own, I don't know that anybody would consider an investment. I drive a Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. And while I love that car, it's, well, it's certainly a beautiful is, car. It's thank you. It's just not. It's not worthy of uh, of like that type of nurturing inside well, the I mean, garage. Like if if you want to put something away, let's call it a, a Ferrari, and you, you want to you want to park it in there, get some heat on it, fluff its pillow before bed, keep it out of the elements, keep it out of the elements per se. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you might want a garage, but my cars don't need a garage. My cars don't need a garage either. And like again. Don't get me wrong. I've known I've known fellows that have had off you know offsite garages or you know on not connected garages, and they're um, they're amazing structures. You know they're heated. They've got plumbing in them. They do keep their vehicles in there, but they do a lot of other things. They've got a workshop and everything else in there. Yeah. And my garage just isn't that way. I mean, I do work in the garage because it's it's a garage, but but I I don't have to. And more importantly, is like I have all this extra space, and I just feel like it could have been. It could have been made into something more utilitarian. Garages are for beer and woodworking. Right. I, well, for the most part. But they're not for cars. So if you're going to like do some woodworking, have a wood shop. And then if you're going to have a, you're gonna have beer in there, then make it a lounge. Heat it up. Like, yeah. But, but please, don't call it a man cave. 
Don't call it a man cave. If you call it a man cave in front of me, I might be I might be tempted to punch in your face. Well, you know, this is an interesting segue into this episode, because what are we talking about today, Mr. Galino? We're, we're the man cave in your brain. That's right, the man cave in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> this issue's about, uh, this issue, this episode's about um, what it takes to be a man. And, yeah. and uh, I think, like, and it's not to, like, I don't, we're, we're not on some sort of, uh, we're not on some sort of quest here, really. We're just making some observations, I think, mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so take it away, my friend. You know, the, the, so I always have this thought back to uh, Hicks and Gracie has a documentary out, or um, some refer to it as do- a documentary. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he goes through in this documentary, uh, you know, kind of his fight life, some of his home life. You know, some of the fights that he's been in. And at one point in the documentary, he's, uh, you know, I don't know, it's, it's a scene, you know, by his house. And then he goes up onto some mountain and he's laying in a stream or something, getting cold, doing his breathing with his weird stomach things yeah, he does. Yeah. You're talking about choke, right? Yes, yeah. choke. Yeah. You know, where he moves his stomach around and yeah. like, you know, listen, I don't like to show off my abs like that. Well, I think that's reasonable. Kind of like to keep him a little, little under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, he's Leave out there. something to the imagination, if you will. <laughs> he's right? out there, yeah, rippling them and moving them around. And I don't know, I think at one point in time you can see his heartbeat underneath his rib. Yeah. You know, it's weird. But, yeah. Um, but he talks about the fact that, like, he he doesn't have sex for, you know, however many months before a fight, or it's 30 days or yeah. whatever the time frame is. But... You know, I started thinking, you know, he because that's his virility, right? Like, sure. he's going to go into a fight. He doesn't want anything taken away, any of his power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it got me thinking, like, you know, that's a very masculine way to think. Yeah. And, and in a time where, you know, we're, we're definitely pushed towards a way of not thinking in a masculine way. Okay. Kind of, kind of push down the masculine side. And, you know, for good cause. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff in the news. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened, things that come to light, but... I'll, I'll be told we're still men well I think we are still men yeah but but we should also mention though too with this uh, with this document uh, documentary right <laughs> of uh, called Choke with Hickson that one of the things that he, and we'll probably get into this I'm sure early in our conversation here is that one of the things they do show him is that he's he's a big time family guy big time right I mean they show him you know hanging out with his wife in the kitchen cooking playing with his kids uh-huh. like that was a big deal to him right that was where he that's where he was able to reset. Right. But when he trained, he trained. And when he was at home, he was at home. Mm-hmm. And so he played... So I'm just talking about the dichotomy here, right? The, the difference between his, his different... Uh, where, where, he, where the line is drawn in uh, the persona and the man. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, it's not something that had to come... It didn't have to come into the house. Right. I, or I should say it came into the house. It was just... It was from a different... He had to perform the duties of man in a different light. Right. Right? You know, a lot of, uh, of, you know, the different things I've seen and read and, you know, about, you know, the way he was raised was, you know, in in a similar way. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things we were going to talk about is, um, you know, to be a man, sometimes you need to have a model to look after, right? To to kind of uh, footsteps to walk in. Right. You know, and... You know, unfortunately, not everybody has a father, you know, and, you know, we're, we're very sensitive to that. Sure. To that reality. Um, but, 
you know, what, what's some other options if, if you're looking for ideas yeah. to express that thing about yourself as being a man? I think it's, uh, you know, I think this goes to one of the things that I, that I think about in terms of, uh, uh, of being a man. First and foremost, I'll say this, is that I was lucky enough that, that I had a dad that was, that was, you know, a super good influence on me. Um, he was a role model. He was a hero of mine. Um, and he was somebody that I, that I looked up to. I took my cues on how to be a family man and how to work and how to do all these things from my dad. Um, but I, by that same token, I will also say that I was that I've been fortunate enough throughout my life to have a variety of other uh, people, relatives and and friends and so forth that I that I looked up to, um, you know, uncles and and my my grandfather. Like these people also shaped that perspective. Um, and one of the things that I noticed from from people outside of my dad in particular, because he wasn't a particularly social guy. Yeah. So uh, some of my other uh, like my, I have an uncle. Who I admire a whole lot, and and there are things that I disagree with him on fundamentally, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like well, I won't get into the, into those, but I, but I will say that like there's a there's a divide in in the way that we see the world. However, there's so much more to him. He's so much more complex. And one of the things that he did, because this is very long winded, I apologize, but one of the things that he was always open to was that he was he was the kind of guy that was that was um, open physically mentally spiritually to like to other kids in his neighborhood you know, wherever he was living anybody he was coming in contact with was whether it was through his church or wherever he was always uh he was always a leader and now as an occupation he was a leader he was um he actually retired as a captain in the navy um but the um the, the thing that I always took away from him is that like, oh, I can't just be closed off to, to others. Like, right. because you don't know if you're actually performing the duties as a mentor, as a man to another uh, young man yeah. who may not have that at home. And there are, there are lots and lots of children that either don't have fathers at all or have fathers that they wish they could get rid of. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And, it's, and it's, it's a sad reality. So when you come in contact with them, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm not a fan of your kids, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I, I me lo- either. I love, <laughs> I love, I love my kids, but other people's kids, like I'm like, ah, you know. And it was one of those things I had to make. I had to, you know, it was there was like a, a realization with that 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 even though like it's annoying to have other people's kids in your house and they're playing stuff, you you have a responsibility to to perform the duties of a, of a father and a and a man and a mentor even when they're in your in your proximity even when they're being obnoxious right yeah to treat them with dignity and respect and show them lead by example in other words so that's a really long answer but yeah. that's so no, there's they're everywhere these people are everywhere you as a, as a man as if you are a man in today's society i think it's important for you to make to recognize that that you are a role model whether you like it or not we've talked about this before you're in the stream of life whether you like it or not and since you're in the stream of life you must take responsibility for it. Right. It's yeah, as simple as that. I agree. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is that, you know, no matter where you're at and what you're doing, that you're always being watched by somebody, right? You're always, you're always kind of, um, you, you know, like you said about your uncle, you never know when you might be mentoring somebody and, and not know it. Right. Or might have an impact on somebody's life and, and not realize that. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, we've all had those scenarios where, 
you can kind of have that choice to make in the moment. You know, let's say somebody, you know, you know, I don't know, does something to you and you have the chance to either meet them where they're at and, you know, strike back. Yeah. Or just take the high road and, and chill. And in that moment, you know, it's like you have a split decision. Sure. You know, and, and you could show everybody around that you're the kind of guy that loses is cool. Yeah. Um, or, or, or you don't, right? I mean, right. You, and you don't know if that's going to impact anybody, but the, the chances are at some point in time, the way you act is eventually going to impact somebody along the way. Right. It'll impact you though, most specifically. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it, you know, you don't know who, how, it, how it affects others necessarily unless they come and tell you, you know, um, which isn't always the case, but you know that it'll affect you. Right. You know, you'll be thinking about that. And I, and I think, you know, in going back to something that you were, you sort of started this conversation off with about men being under attack, um, you know, right now, manhood being under attack. And I think like for me, I have an opinion on this stuff. A lot of this has to do with men's flight or fight response. And, and at least from my perspective, my opinion on this. And one of the things that I will say is this, is that I don't have a flight or fight response. My wife will attest to this. I, I don't flight at all, ever. <laughs> and, um, and it's just something that's inherent in my being. Like, I don't know why I do it. I just, like, if I feel like I'm cornered, then I'm, then I'm cornered. And it doesn't always produce the results that I want, you know? <laughs> and so I tend to try and manage that, you know, through patience and understanding and, like, you know, receiving feedback, obviously, you know, those types of things. But I think that we're all born as men with a certain level of more fight than flight in response. That's not always the case, obviously. Um, and I think that level of aggression is sometimes misunderstood. And, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about rape culture. I'm not talking about like the things that men, the, the, you know, the gender is under attack for right now in terms of, um, in terms of that, because I think that if you are a rapist, you're a rapist. That's the, that's the bottom line. It has nothing to do with you being a man per se. And, and in fact, I would argue on top of that is if, if you want to be a man that you're going to stand up and say like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and le- again, go back to leading by example. So I don't want to go down that path necessarily today, if that's no, cool that's with fine. you. I think that it's, I think it's important to, to recognize that from our perspective, like there's, there's no debating about this. If you, if you are somebody who is a perpetrator of a crime such as rape, then, I mean, you know, I, then I have no problem with my fight response. In <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. I absolutely, and I don't feel bad for you at all. Right. Right. Um, so I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. But what I am talking about, though, is like for those, and I, and I don't know, you can elaborate on this for me. But when we're talking about like, you know, balancing our the, the sensitive side of our nature versus the, the, the part of us that wants to go and hunt and kill and fight and eat raw right. meat and right? beat our chests. Yes. And, we're talking about that like self-doubt side where it's like, can I do it? Am I able? Do I have what it takes to accomplish X, Y, and Z? Like, and that's why oh, a lot yeah, of us yeah. do this sport, right? Like this jujitsu thing that we do. Um, why a lot of sports in general are played because you know, guys just have this thing where we have to like, like there's a mountain. I got to see if I can climb it. Right. Right. And, yeah. And that's just kind of like inherently built in. And you know, I got to say, I, I also. Um, fortunate enough to have a um, a very strong leader and mentor in my dad. Okay. Um, but one of the things that he always did, and I, I feel like we might be getting away from this a little bit. You know, we're we're almost very pro- 
too protective of our children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this fear of, of letting them um, do something. So a great example, I've got a buddy has a tractor and he's got twin boys and um, they're about my older son's age. And, um, you know, I, I see my older son and I'm like, I've never let him drive a tractor yet. And then he lets his kids drive that tractor and mow the grass. And, I, and, and what it did was say to me, like, hey, you, your boy can do it too. And so in that way, I was challenged to, you know, trust my son right to, to do something right? right and in that way you know my father used to do the same thing with me and, and you know he would give me things uh you know w- whether it's a, a hammer and some nails and a piece of wood and sure. and then he would disappear you know let me smack my own thumb you know because i wasn't gonna die yeah you know it might yeah. hurt and he'd give me a hug afterwards but, sure. sure but i wasn't gonna die and i w- certainly wasn't gonna go pound him into his car sure. tire sure you know, and it's like we almost think worst case scenario with our children, and and I'm not saying there's no place for that. We have to protect our kids, but I, I'm I'm certainly um, more conscious of trying to give my boys a little more latitude instead of always corralling them. And you know, the the common phrase is helicopter parents. Oh yeah, buzzing around them, yeah, right? constantly. You know, like, like oh don't touch that. No, 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 don't do that. You know. Yeah. So there's certain, you know, listen, there's a certain time where you just got to let your son put his finger on, on the red hot iron <laughs> to realize what it feels like to get burned. Right. Well, I mean, you don't do it on purpose, but you, no. but you go with the, with the trust that like that's it, pain is a, a natural response to doing something stupid and you'll learn really quick. Right when you just uh, uh, my wife and I do the same thing with our with our sons. We do it for all of our kids, for that matter. I have two boys and two girls, and um, but it's important, especially when they show like an initiative. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that like th- this is where the degradation comes from. Is that that it starts in that those types of responses? Oh, you're too little to do that, or you're too this to do that, or I can't have you. You know, and for my for my boys. Like, they are very much boys. They like to climb trees. They like to cut, you know, they can chop wood. They like to burn things. They yeah. like to, you know, they, they're they're almost, it's almost like managed destruction, yeah. you know? And so if I can point them in the right direction then and let them go, then they learn a lot about everything. They learn about themselves. They learn about life. They learn about what they can do and what they can't do. Um, and they do, you know, I'll let my son go out with an axe or a saw. And, you know, I'm like, have at it, man. Like, I don't, hopefully... <laughs> Now, when I catch him like digging holes in the yard, I'm like, "Hey, come on, man!" Like, well, that's because you got to fill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, hit him with the lawnmower. Right. And, I mean, I don't uh, blame you, but like at the same time, like yeah, they've done the same thing. You know, but that's, I agree. You have to give them some sort of leverage uh, over their own their own lives. And again, it goes it goes back to that uh, where you're talking about insecurity. I think a lot of that comes from the, that insecurity that you as a father, and I don't know about you, but for me specifically, I always feel like I'm fucking it up. Yeah. I always wonder oh, absolutely. or worry if I'm doing the right by them, you know, giving them enough love versus enough guidance versus enough stoicism, enough, you know, yeah. you know, everything. And, um, you know, so I think it's important though that we, that we lead by example and allow, provide them the opportunity to go and, and do these things. It'll shape who they are as a man, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. But I, those, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. But what what I want to do is tie that back into say, I think for for those that don't like this is this comes from a level of insecurity in themselves, right? Right. I'm insecure as a man, so therefore this will be projected onto my children. Yes. Right. Yeah. And because I can't do it, and that's another thing too. I will say this is that my te- my children, 
And my eldest son in particular teaches me things all the time, especially from an academic standpoint. He's full of facts, historical and otherwise. Yeah, and he teaches me things and he's always amazed that I didn't know that, right? (laughs) Now, as a father, I could be like, well, of course I knew that, you know, but, and sometimes don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm tempted to be like, of course I knew that, you know, <laughs> but I didn't, you know, and, and so I have to look at him and say, Hey man, I just learned something new from you today. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and appreciate that, but, but I can't allow my insecurities right. to dictate like how I teach my children. Yeah. I think that's what we're getting at. It's, um, you know, it, it, you know, listen, raising kids is the gift that keeps on giving, whether you sow that in a in a negative way or a positive way, right? Yeah, you'll get and, it back one way or the other. Right? And I think this is the fear that we have if, if, when you say, I, I'm always, I, I always feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm, I'm screwing it up or, or whatever that, that feeling is, we all have it. But, you know, it's funny because what we have is the opportunity to figure this out now, overcome insecurities as a man and say, you know, I do have what it takes. You know, listen, I got a blue belt in jujitsu and I accomplished that. I'm able to learn something. I'm able to defend myself, you know, put, take some pride in that, you know, no, it's like you come to the gym and you're like, well, I got tapped by this black belt and I'll never be that good. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, 98% of the population will never be that good. Right. Right? <laughs> right. No, it's totally true. You know, so, but it's it's all about relative and keeping things in perspective. Well, I think you're, I think insecurity is in it of itself insular, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's designated to yourself where you make the assumption that everybody feels like you do or everybody sees things the way that you see them or everybody experiences the same things that you experience. And that's, you know, you bring up a good point with jujitsu, for instance. It's just our, it's just our baseline for comparison. But, you know, just having the skill sets of a blue belt, for instance, you're already more advanced than 98% of the world's population in terms of combat sports. You just don't realize it because your whole world is jujitsu. I mean, outside of the, you know, I mean, your, your comparison is based on every, every other practitioner you ever roll with. And it seems like there's a lot of us, but there really isn't. No. You know, and, and the same is, the same is said for a lot of the other things that you do as a, as a human being and as a man, you know, yeah, there are commonalities in, in all the things that we do. Like there's a delivery system, right? But it's not, it, but you are you and everything that you're true. And this is a very, very important point. And that is for fathers in particular. And, and cause we will get into other things other than fatherhood today, but for fathers in particular is that your children, whether they're boys or girls, look up to you and think the world of you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And no matter what you do, and the most important thing you can do is just show up, you know, be there. You know, there's another, there's another, um, realization too, that one thing that your kids don't know and that they've never seen is good shape you. Yeah. Right. And, And what I mean by that is like, you look in the mirror today and you see a guy who is your age, your build, Maybe a little extra LBs around the waist. You know, you shouldn't have had, you know, five beers last night. Maybe you got <laughs> some, you know, some lines on your face or gray in your hair, you know. And and the reality is your kids aren't comparing you like you are. You're comparing yourself to former you. Yeah. 18-year-old you who was full of, like, Everything. piss and vinegar. And, yeah. you know, you've got the world at your fingertips right yeah and now you're like well i've got all this stuff behind me what's ahead of me and you know you're starting to build regret or questions about life in general and your kids 
they don't they don't see it that way. They don't right. see you compared to you then. They see you who you are today, and you're just dad. Right. Right. right? Like you're just you. It, to them, you've already made it. Right? right. They don't see you as as they only see you as successful. They don't see you as unsuccessful. And there's other things they see too that they're looking for. They're looking for security. Right. They're looking for you know love. They're looking for stability. You know yeah. and and. You portray those whether you realize it or not. You know, yeah. if you're the kind of guy, and you should be, that pays his bills on time, you know, yeah. does certain things, makes sure there's food on the table, you know. And, and again, we're not talking about, you know, the, the situations where there is no dad. But, you know, in those cases, you know, where you are in the home and you are that role model for your kids, yeah. that's what they're looking for. They're not right. looking for the guy who can kick everybody's butt. No, right. You right. know, right. your kid wants to play video games. Right. Right, and as long as the electric's on, they're happy. That's true, and, they, and, <laughs> and you're they, the man. Yeah, you are the man. It's so true, and 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 again, it goes back to the the reality of the situation is that as a child, if you're you know, and or as the father of a child, your children already think you can kick everyone's ass anyway. Right, and and most of us aren't going to be put in that absolutely that test. Um, and thankfully, I think that's that's a good thing. That's part of living in a civilized society. And it's okay for them to have that dream because you mentioned, and I want to I want to end today. Um, it, we're not close to the end yet, but I want to end today. Remind me, I want to talk about the security issue uh-huh. with having a dad. Um, but but so so where this leads us to though is this the the feelings of insecurity or inadequacy as a man, and then and then that's that sort of tends to like that that'll lead to overcompensation, right? Mm-hmm. Blowhearted behavior. Um, you know, delusions, delusions are big. That's a big one. Can you talk a little bit about the the delusional behavior that happens in in terms of insecurity? Yeah. And and I, listen, I think that our, our entertainment culture today really feeds into this, right? Like, so think about, um, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but the, um, the movie Lone Survivor. Yeah. Right. I think we did talk about this. Yeah. I don't remember what we put on here or what we talked about by ourselves. But, yeah, we talked about this by ourselves. But, um, you know, in Lone Survivor, you see these guys at the very beginning, you see them in a foot race. And then you see them getting their orders. And then you see them going on this mission. And then you see all these other things happen, right? Um, when you read the book, he digs in real deep on how he got to the point where they're at the foot race. Right. Which they can't touch on that in the movie. But... But the problem is, and I think this kind of extends out, right? When we are, when we see the world the way it's portrayed to us through entertainment, we miss all the grit and determination and time. Yeah, the commitment. And yeah. commitment. And so I think where this all ties together is that, you know, if you have this feeling of inadequacy, you're, you're, you, maybe you're not, you're just afraid you're not enough, right? And, and so you start to put on this persona because you get inspired by a movie or, or yeah. an event. Maybe you're at a football game and you're like, man, I used to be able to throw the football like that too. <laughs> and then, you know, the next thing you know, you're watching a movie about football and, yeah, and no, you're like, so man, I'm, I'm getting back on the field, you know. Sure. Listen, you're not. Right. You know, and, and the reason you're not is because you're not doing that today. Yeah. You know, there are people who are legit, yeah. you know, fighters who do that all the time. But when you come on the mats... And you look me in the eye and you're you're 45 years old and you're like, I'm thinking about getting into fighting. I'm going to have to go ahead and say, yeah, it's not your cards. Right. Because you haven't been doing that all along and that's a young man's sport. It really is. And I have to admit, if I can be vulnerable for just a moment, yeah. I'll tell you that like I get like that when I watch boxing matches or me too. martial arts matches. I, I still like to this day want to get back into the cage and fight. And I think now because I'm smarter... 
you know, I'm older and more skilled because I've been doing this long, longer that I could probably handle it. But I know better than that. That's just me because I drank three beers on an empty stomach and I'm watching a, <laughs> I'm watching a fight, you know, and I feel good. Like I feel, who doesn't feel good sitting on their couch, right? Like, yeah. You know, but you know, when you, then you start thinking about road work and you start thinking about, you know, oh, yeah. training and sparring and like, and then getting hit in the face and then all of a sudden like that stuff, you know, the reality sets in and you realize how much work it is. But I agree yeah. with you. I think that. I think that the perception is because when you are, when you do feel good, when you're not under duress in any way, shape or form, you feel like, yeah, I can do those things. And I think that function in your brain as a man is good because it provides inspiration, you know, yeah. for you to go. Cause the only real motivation, the only real motivation in the world is self-motivation. Like people can try and get you all riled up and jacked up about things and you'll, you'll be able to carry that for three days at most. Right. right. And then it just starts to, to wear out. So the only real motivation is yourself. Right, it's the same thing that gets me up at, at five o'clock in the morning or four thirty in the morning to come and train, you know, in the at the six a.m. class. Is that is that self motivation? And yeah. now it's turned into a responsibility. You know, I feel responsible, and uh, but but still, the primary motive is for me to get up and go get up and go do something. Yeah, you know? and you know this 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 ties back to the insecurities because what happens is when we're insecure. We're not sure of who we are, and we haven't had the chance to develop a good framework of who we are, a vision of who we are, then we try to paint that picture. And that's where we get inspired very easily by by someone who's like, you know, hey, hey this guy slept at the jiu-jitsu gym, became a black belt at 15 years old, <laughs> you know, got his first MMA fight at, at 16, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. now he's fighting for a title, whatever, you know, and it's like, then you, you get inspired, and we all do. And it's meant to be that way because we like to dream and we like to think that we can somehow achieve yeah. something. And we're, we're tempted to do that. But the reality needs to set in where we say like, all right, but I'm me and me is good enough. Yeah, right? like, uh, no, I agree. As long as you know that, that you're out there pushing it every day and giving it everything you have, the you that is showing up is good enough. Yeah. You know, and, and that needs to be portrayed to your sons too. So that when they get older, they can know that they're good enough, and it keeps that that cycle going. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Do you think that the uh, and I, I'm curious about this the, that the there comes a point in that where you have the inspiration, right? And I think there's a divergent path, like it goes in one or the other primarily, and that is one side of you says, um, you know, if you're so we can use we'll use we we'll use fighting as an example since we can we can put that into context. Is that you have you have you and you have what you know, whether you're brand new to this, have never done it before, have been doing it for a while, and you meet somebody who is superior, right? And you maybe you're watching a video, you know, or a TV, or you're watching it on TV or something like that. And there comes a point where you decide whether this person's inspirational because you want to be like them, or you think to yourself, I can kick that guy's ass, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that the, the diversion path where, and I'm just curious about this, because I think, I think this is where it happens, but I'm curious to know what you think. Is when you go down the path of I can kick that guy's ass, that's where you're not managing expectations, right? You're you're leading yourself down a path of negativity and, and ultimately failure and and disappointment. Right. The other path that says that guy is is uh, serves as inspiration and I want to be like him or I want to I want to live up to those types of expectations for myself leads you onto a different path and yeah. that's where that's where you get the one of self exploration and and where you appreciate that. For what you're bringing to the table, 
you're doing great, right? Yeah. I mean, because those guys, the guys that are like these these anomalies, right. are less than the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the world, right? Yeah. And we we all consume them right. because they're interesting and amazing, but they don't yeah. make up they don't make up a vast majority of the population. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I have to say it's probably over the past, you know, maybe four years. And, you know, maybe it's different for everybody, but I remember specifically asking myself the question, are are you okay with just being middle of the road? Like, are you just middle of the pack kind of guy? Okay. Right? Because I think, you know, in, in a lot of cases, um, <clears throat> if you had supportive parents, which I did, right. um, they you grew up with them telling you like, hey man, you can do anything you want. You can be anybody you want to be. You can right. you can do anything. You just put your mind to it. And at some point in time, you believe that, right? And then at some point in time, you have to come to the realization that you're not. Right. Because, because you can't just do anything. Because that, that statement is bullshit. What and, is? And I agree. I agree with you 100%. I love where you're going with this. Do you want to continue? And, yeah. And I, I love that, that I had supportive parents that told me that because, you know, I, I think there's a time where... You have to push your kids to think that, like, you know, anything is possible. Sure. It's awesome to think that as of course, a kid. Of course. But as we pack things onto our life, right? So I, I packed on kids. I packed on a wife. I packed on a home. <laughs> I packed on cars. A garage. A garage. I mean, I got a garage <laughs> that I can't fit it in. Um, but, you know, it, it starts to limit what you can be. And this is this is something that frustrates me when I see people going after things that... Um, require singleness or bachelorhood, yeah. you know, guys in particular. Yeah. Um, well, this they, episode's about guys. Yeah, when they take on pursuits that that require you to be a bachelor, and and it's hard to sit back and say, man, you know, I, I don't I don't want to you know poop on your your pursuit. Yeah. But at the same time, at, at what cost? Right. You know, and and there's a kid at home. If you have a son, there's a kid at home that's that's watching what you do. And you may make it, you may make him proud, but re- realize that you're, he's already proud of you. Right. You know, if that's the reason for the pursuit. Yeah, that's right. And what he wants really is for you to be at home. Just to be there. But I, you know, and, and we keep saying sons, but this also is important for your daughters too, because you are the tool, you are the measurement tool for her future relationships. Right. You know, uh, I mean, again, assuming she's heterosexual, but I mean, but even so, even if not, yeah. like it's still the model for how you behave you become that, yes. That that signpost that says this is the direction. This is how I'm gonna allow people to treat me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's and it's important to note those things. And and your children aren't the only ones that do that. I think that if you are the if you have the type of personality that you you're in the public sphere more than the average person. So for us, it's from teaching, right? I mean, we teach a class, and whether you know, however that manifests, whether we like it or not, we are accountable to our students. Yeah. And they see that too. They want to, and, and just a, a, the same way that I'm influenced by others that do it as well. Like the, by that same token, like I watch our students and how they behave and I watch, I watch other people and observe, you know, other, like you, for instance, or my friends, like I try and, um, I try and, I try and assess what, what they're doing yeah. and see if that measures, you know. Yeah. And so, and, and I think though, one of the things that this leads to is the question um, of, and this is the one I always ask myself, is do I pack the gear Yeah. to do these things? And this is where the insecurity comes in because, again, we have a choice. We have a choice to make. Um, 
I want to know, I want to know because I think that there's, there's a part of me that does, that loves the pursuit, right? Sure. Um, I, I, I'm not, uh, I think in the traditional sense, I'm not a manly man in that sense. I love the outdoors. I love chopping wood, you know, yeah. but I also make music and write poetry and right. make art for a living, you know, um, and I, I don't hunt and fish. I used to fish, but I, but I don't, I don't hunt and fish. I'm not actively yeah. like, I don't work on cars, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't like football. I'll say it on the podcast. I don't uh, watch football. I don't so like refreshing. It. The only thing that I, the only thing I consume from a sports perspective is boxing and jujitsu. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, but the, but, you know, so like, I don't actually fit in the traditional mold of a man. I do like beer. Huh. Then you're a man. I'm a Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's cheap beer too. <laughs> I love cheap beer. Uh, I got, a, I got a case of, uh, I got a 30 pack of, uh, what the hell was it? I can't remember now what it was. I called, I called my friend Joe, you know, Joe Stetter. Yeah. I called him as soon as it happened. Cause I was so excited. I got a 30 pack for like $9. <laughs> What the, that's amazing. the best beer ever yeah and then if I needed if there was if, honestly like we can just end this podcast right now if there's any question about a man I just bought a 30 pack of beer for a million bucks I, I am the I am oh, that's the great. man that but, is great but it, it does like I get to the point where like I like there's lots of challenges in the world that I will never actually see myself and and it's just because like as you mentioned earlier it's where I am and I'm happy with where I am don't get me wrong I just want to know do I pack the gear you know, could I have yeah. done that? Could I have made that happen? Um, or what would I do in that situation? So how do you handle those types of well, scenarios it's funny. in a healthy way? Yeah, so it's funny you, you bring that up. You know, I, I have been heavily considering uh, looking for opportunities to have my sons lead things. Right. Okay. And, and I, you know, I, I got this concept uh, from watching Bear Grylls. Okay. Right. You remember he came out with that oh, show. Oh yeah. Uh, Man versus Wild, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And you know, on there, I, I can't remember if he was talking about his father or if he was talking about his sons, but um, I believe he was talking about his father who took them out climbing. And so, by the way, I'm deathly afraid of heights. Are you? Are yeah, you? And, and it's because as soon as I get like three steps high, I feel like someone with my huge head. <laughs> It is the and shoulders is gonna fall head first. Yeah. It's like gonna like it, when, when I fall, like it's obvious it's gonna be like a lawn dart. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 like I don't have a way of falling gracefully. Right, right. Um, so, so that being said, I'm never gonna take my boys climbing. And, and at your size, you know, no one can catch you. <laughs> You're just gonna take them down with you. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, I mean, I I find it to be unfair. <laughs> I'm just like a big giant lawn dart. <laughs> but, but um, you know. The fact that, you know, and, and the way they describe it was, you know, doing these huge climbs that, you know, it, it allowed him to test, you know, if he's got the gear. And, you know, we, we don't have to go to extremes. They, they happen to be a very extreme family. Sure, right. Um, but we can find those in very small places, right? If we go on a hike and, and I say to my six-year-old, hey, buddy, you're in charge. You're leading this hike. We go where you lead us, you know, and, and, and then coach him along the way and, and help him make good decisions. But I think by doing this, what my hope is, is that I can get my boys to start being comfortable in a leadership position, be comfortable with challenging their world and stepping out there and, and hopefully head off some of this insecurity that, you know, their father carries. Right. So that sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm case in point. 
okay. of, of this. And, you know, you say in a moment of vul- uh, vulnerability that you get inspired. I, I do too, you know, and, and I bring up Lone Survivor for a reason. It's a very inspirational book. And who hasn't read that and thought to themselves, I wonder if I could have gone through Buds. Yeah. I wonder if I could have made it yeah. with a broken leg. I wonder if I could have you know, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Sure. And it's a natural thing to ask yourself. And, you know, I want, I want to get my boys at a young age, um, to start being able to answer that question. Right. Right. So, so it really comes down to like your, your, your mental state. Yeah. You're either the type of person that, that packs the gear all the time or you're not right. I mean, cause there's times where like, there's times in our lives where we were faced with a situation where we gave up and we knew better. We yeah. knew we could have done it if we, and, and then you, of course, we speak about regret a lot in this, on these episodes, but I think that that's, and we've all been there. We're like, I could have, I could have like not quit on that. Right. Yeah. And then you, you try and change your, your mental state so that you know that the next time a situation occurs that you, <coughs> and it can be something minor. Right. But you're like, you, maybe, you, and maybe those are the worst ones. Yeah. The minor, like the minor things that you could have taken care of that, whether it was like you ignored a bill or something that, you know, and you're like, you know, like, I, I just don't have the energy for this. I'm right. just going to quit on it. I'm not going to, I'm right. not even going to, I'm just going to pretend like it didn't exist. Right. And then it comes back and bites you in the ass. Absolutely. And you're like, Damn it. Every sure. time. Every time. You know, or are you like, can you take that and turn it into some, turn it into gold? Right. Can you turn it yeah. into something that says, I know that when I face, um, I face my adversity or a problem that I, I go right at it. Right. And, yeah. and that's the one thing, that's one of the things that my dad always said that I, that I always took to heart was, you know, from his time in, uh, in service, he always said, and, and this was in direct response to today's society. He said, he always said, I was used to being with guys that ran towards danger, not away from it. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and now that was a different context. And, but I think, you know, what he meant to say was that like, You've got problems. You've got to face them. Like there's no running from them. Right. And the more you do that, the more, uh, the stronger you become at doing it. Right. Yeah. So at a certain point, and with this goes especially for our our uh, jujitsu our jujitsu uh, students and so forth, is that at a certain point you've done you've accomplished so much that there's nothing else that can that you, especially if you start your day off with this. Yeah. You know, you, um, you've accomplished, what else could go wrong that could be worse than what you just went through? In other words, you know, it's all attacked. Yeah. It's perspective and context, right? I mean, it's like you, you've just been attacked by trained fighters who are trying to harm you and you defended yourself well. And you walked out and, and ready for it. Or you didn't, maybe you tapped, but you learned something. Yeah. But you still, right. But you still like, yeah, but you still walk upright out of the gym and ready to fight another day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, the moral of that story. Yeah, somebody asked, how was jujitsu? I got beat today, but you know what? I realized what he did. He did this, this, and this, and now I know what to do. I'm not going to get beat next time. It's the joy of jujitsu. Hey, yeah. this is why, yeah. you know, we, we started off our podcasting talking about 6 a.m., get up. And, um, you know, we've said this numerous times, and guys come in, and girls come into the gym who haven't been in for a while. They're like, oh, I'm coming back. Like, we applaud that. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're saying... Do I have what it takes to get up and get there and put the time in? You know, yeah. I, I was doing the math this week and, you know, we on average do between four and five hours a week of jujitsu. Okay. Sometimes more, sometimes less. But, yeah. But on average about five hours a week, you know, yeah. um, what we, you and I put in at home, you know, maybe we can add a few hours to that too. Because, sure. You know, the, what we're researching for our classes and, yeah. and various things. Um, 
so, you know, we're always at this rev limiter of, you know, how much time can I put towards this thing? And it's the whole 10,000 hours sure. standard, right? Yeah. You, know, you get do something for 10,000 hours and, and you're proficient at it. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you start doing the back math, you know, and, and, and so you have the opportunity if you, if you train like we do, maybe 20 to 30 hours a month that you're putting towards this thing. And, um, you know, that accounts for something. You, you're yeah. asking if you have what it takes. If you're doing that, you got what it takes. Yeah, and, the and by the way, yeah. remember, your kids aren't measuring you by that either. They're right. still measuring you by, are you offering them stability? Are you offering love? You know, yeah. those types of things. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way. That's sort of a good way for us to, to wrap this this episode up. I, I, I agree with you. I think that, I think ultimately, again, just doing it. You know, getting out into the world and making things happen the way that, that you want to make them happen is enough to say, is to answer that question. Yeah, you, you are that type of person. And for men in particular, you are that guy. You need to first decide to show up and then you need to put forth your effort towards reaching whatever goal that you're after. And for not everybody is it going to be a world championship fighter or whatever or a multi-billionaire or whatever the, the stupid vision in your head is of what you should be yeah, yeah but it's showing up and taking care of the people that you love being accessible and being and being ready to to take what you've learned and impart that wisdom onto them right yeah and i'd like to add this to that Jeff. if if you guys are part of our class in the morning and you're feeling inadequate and you're thinking about man i don't know if i'm going to come back or maybe i'll just you know not come back for a while and get you know get myself in a better shape or all this. Do, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do Jeff a favor. Come talk to us first. Yeah. Because I, 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 would, I would wager to bet that the voice in your head is way worse than what we see. Right. And we would love the opportunity to tell you, no, 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 you're doing awesome. Yeah, better Look than Look at you what think. you've done. Yeah. You're doing amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that guy beat you today, but... So what? He beat me too. Right. Right? And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you guys, this is with the utmost guarantee of all of you guys there, I've been tapped more times than any of you motherfuckers. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want, <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hasn't true. Hasn't been eight hours since the last time I've been tapped. Yeah, it hasn't. Right. Me neither. And, uh, and that's, and by I the think way, Jack, I owe you. <laughs> and that, it's important to note that. And, and this speaks to one other thing too. And I, I wanted to end the podcast with this. And, and I think it's an interesting perspective. It's, it's sort of a disconnect um, from what we were just talking about, but total in total relation to, to the, today's podcast. And that is, uh, and I wanted to share this observation, and that is the issue of security. And it is one of the primary functions, I think, of, of manhood, is that when you are that type of guy that is that, that people can rely on, it, that is that's security. Yeah. It makes you feel good to be around them. Right. I know just as another man, being around other men that have their have their shit together, I feel yeah. secure. Right. And one of the things that went away, my as many of you know, my dad had passed away here on October 30th. And it was one of the things that's, that it surprised me the most is that the biggest loss was that of security. Yeah. Because no matter how old my dad got or how frail he got as a, as a human being, you know, like in terms of his physicality, he was ill and he, you know, he was in his seventies and stuff. Like he was still this like yeah, solid rock of security for me. And in a lot of ways, I didn't appreciate, uh, I didn't really become a man until after my dad passed. 
you know. And so I just wanted to leave with that. We're getting a little bit long, but uh, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's interesting. It's an interesting. It was an interesting feeling, and I wanted to share that with everybody. So you know, and 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 to that end, thanks, man. And to that end, I'll I'll say this too: is that is that despite that, like I realized also that I did pack the gear then. Yep. To carry on. That's so right. anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. This was a good episode, man. I, I, I enjoyed I, talking I about it. I agree. And you know, I do know somebody who is in real estate if anybody wants to sell their garage. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the point of this whole thing is to make something out of your garage. Okay. Yeah. Just it's do pathetic. something with it. It's pathetic. Okay. Yeah. Stop trying to like, stop trying to fill it with shit because yeah. you're not parking your car in it. And it's just like, <laughs> it takes up an extra like thousand square feet. Do something with it. Do something. <laughs> See right. ya. See ya guys.